The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, November 19th, 2023, on the basis of Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. If you think that American weddings are a good time, you should have seen a wedding in Jesus' day. Now, don't get me wrong, our weddings are often a blast. If you've been to a wedding in the past couple decades, it's probably gone something like this. The pews fill up with the friends and the family. The music swells and the bride walks in. Everybody stands up. She walks up to the front and takes her place in front of the altar. The pastor reads some scripture, gives a devotion. And then the most important part, the bride and the groom promise their exclusive commitment to one another for life. The pastor pronounces them husband and wife. You may kiss the bride. They go back down the aisle. Everybody stands up and cheers, and they're off to take a million pictures. And then comes the reception, where there's eating and drinking and dancing and speeches and hopefully laughter and more dancing. And that's an American wedding. It's months and months of preparation and planning and usually thousands and thousands of dollars spent that all culminates in one afternoon and evening and then it's over. Weddings during Jesus' time were much the same as our weddings. They had a ceremony and a reception, but the whole process took about a year. The ceremony, at the Jewish wedding ceremony, the bride and the groom pledged their exclusive commitment to one another, but then they went their separate ways. The bride went back to her parents' house to live for about a year, while the groom went to prepare the new house where he and his bride would live. Nobody knew exactly when the groom would come back to get the bride, but the bride would be waiting with her bridesmaids there, and when the groom did come, they would join the groom in this big procession, not just friends and family, but the whole village would come out and fall in behind them in the parade to the reception. And the reception would be about a week long with eating and drinking and dancing and speeches and laughter and more dancing. The Bible often compares our relationship with Jesus to a marriage. We are the bride. Jesus is the groom. And the comparison works well because the week-long Jewish reception reflects the eternally length reception that we will have with Jesus in heaven. But it also works well because of something that happened at a Jewish wedding ceremony. The, The groom would provide his father-in-law with a dowry. He recognized that his father-in-law was losing a valuable worker in his household by giving away his daughter, and so the groom would try and compensate him. Here's the comparison. Jesus paid the price for us. And Jesus didn't pay with a regular dowry, not with sheep or cattle, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death on the cross. Jesus purchased us, and by purchasing us, he has shown that he is 100% committed to us. He has demonstrated his love for us. And now, we're living in the time between the ceremony and the reception. Jesus has promised that he will come back for us, but we don't know exactly when he's going to come and take us and join us all in a parade towards heaven. That's what our parable is about today. 
what Jesus wants us to do while we wait for him. In this parable, Jesus tells us to be ready for the reception because he will come unexpectedly and he will come decisively. There are three things about these bridesmaids that Jesus notes, and as the bridesmaids were waiting, almost ready for their groom, we too, these three things also apply to us as we wait for our groom. The first thing is that all the bridesmaids were invited to the wedding. Now that seems obvious, but it's important because it shows that none of the bridesmaids were higher ranking than another. They were all equal in this way. None of them were the favorites of the bride. None of them came from higher family standing. They were all equal because they all had the same invitation. All of us Christians are equal in that we all were given faith by the Holy Spirit. None of us deserved it, but the Holy Spirit gave us all that invitation that promises us a seat at the wedding reception of heaven. The second thing about the bridesmaids is that they all fall asleep. The groom delays a little bit, and they all take a snooze. This sleep doesn't mean that the bridesmaids lost their faith. It just means that when the groom returned, he didn't find them intently peering down the drive, waiting for him to come. Just like when Jesus comes back, he won't find us intently peering up into the sky, waiting for him to come. No, we'll be going about our lives. When Jesus come back, comes back, some people will be doing the dishes, other people will be in school, some people will actually be sleeping, but all of us will be surprised. His return will be unexpected for all of us. The third thing about the bridesmaids is the only way that they differ. The only difference between the foolish bridesmaids and the wise bridesmaids was their preparation. Some of them thought ahead and realized that the groom might delay, and so they brought some extra fuel with them, some extra oil. Other bridesmaids didn't. And this makes a big difference because the groom didn't come back right away. If he would have come back immediately, everybody's lamps would have had enough oil, and they all would have gone into the reception with the groom. But he didn't return right away, and so some bridesmaids ran out of oil. So all the bridesmaids are invited. They all fall asleep, but not all of them are prepared. All Christians have been brought to faith in Jesus. We all go about our lives, but not all Christians prepare for Jesus' return. Not everyone is trying to keep their lamp lit. Some Christians are wise. They realize that our bridegroom might delay, and he will come unexpectedly, and so they try to keep their fuel going but others just don't seem to care, or they're not thinking ahead. This parable warns us that being prepared for Jesus' coming is the most important task we have as Christians. Because although Jesus will return unexpectedly, he will return decisively. As the parable goes on, Jesus tells us, at midnight the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. All the bridesmaids wake up. The foolish ones realize they've run out of oil. And they look over at the other bridesmaids, and their lamps are working just fine. So they say, hey, give us some of your oil. But the wise bridesmaids respond, no, there may not be enough for both us and you. Which seems really cold-hearted. 
especially on such a special occasion like this. But Jesus is teaching us something here. He's teaching us that on Judgment Day, you won't be able to donate your faith to someone else. Everybody is responsible for their own faith. And so the foolish bridesmaids run off to try and buy more oil, which at this time of night is a fool's errand. And while they're gone, the, the bridegroom returns, and he brings all the bridesmaids who are there in with him to the reception, and he shuts the door behind him. The bridegroom will return decisively and instantaneously. To borrow an illustration from a Christian author, a Christian waiting for Jesus' return is a lot like a baseball batter who's in the batter's box waiting for the pitch. Now, even if you've never seen a baseball game in your life, you might know that from the time the ball leaves the pitcher's hand, the batter has about a tenth of a second to decide whether he's going to swing or not. A tenth of a second is shorter than the time it takes to blink your eyelids. So it's almost an impossible task to hit a ball. So how does anybody ever get a hit? Well, years and years of preparation. In the same way, Jesus will return faster than the blink of an eye. Paul says he will return in the twinkling of an eye. The trumpet will sound all around the earth, and for those who are prepared, it will be the most joyous day of our lives. It'll be like that moment in the beginning of the wedding when the doors open and the bride and groom see each other for the first time. But those who are unprepared have no chance. They will swing and miss, and as these foolish bridesmaids found out, on Judgment Day, you don't get three strikes. Jesus did not give these foolish bridesmaids a second chance just because they had had an invitation at one point in their lives. He paints the tragic scene for us. The bridesmaids come running back to the door. They say, Lord, Lord, open the door for us but they hear the most horrible words a human being can hear from their creator. I don't know you. On Judgment Day, God will end his relationship with everyone who does not have faith in him. Their judgment will be decisive because it will be eternal. The wise Christians on that day will be locked into heaven forever, but those who are unprepared will be locked away from Jesus' love forever. So that brings us to the question that Jesus wants us to ask ourselves when we hear this parable. Which bridesmaid am I? Which bridesmaid are you? Are you prepared? What does a prepared Christian look like? Well, if a prepared bridesmaid is one who is holding on to the extra oil, a prepared Christian is somebody who is holding on to the gospel. Not that everywhere we go we carry around a Bible with us, but that everywhere we go we always are reminding ourselves that we need that gospel fuel to fuel our faith. A prepared Christian knows how sinful they are. They know how strong their sinful nature is and the temptations that they face to eh, push Jesus off till tomorrow or till next week. And so a prepared Christian knows how important it is to drown out that sinful nature with all the extra gospel fuel that they can get, reminding themselves that their sins are forgiven. A prepared Christian knows where to find the gospel. 
They know that God will not strengthen their faith if they just take a walk out in nature. They know that being kind to their neighbor or saying an extra prayer doesn't strengthen their faith. A prepared Christian knows that God strengthens faith through hearing the word and receiving the sacrament, Holy Communion. And so a prepared Christian jumps at every chance they get to hear the word or to receive the sacrament. A prepared Christian loves hearing God's word, studying it, gathering around it in church or more often in the home, delving deeper into God's love for them. And a prepared Christian does all this because they always have that moment in mind, that moment in the future when the doors of heaven will open and they will see their Savior in the flesh for the first time. Am I describing you? If I am, praise God. Continue to be prepared. Continue to fuel your faith with the gospel. And look around you in your life. Maybe there are some bridesmaids who aren't quite as well prepared that you can encourage. If I'm not describing you, if you're more of a person who comes to church only when it's convenient, if you're more of a person who has a Bible at home but it's just bookshelf furniture, if you're more of a person who thinks communion, eh, take it or leave it, then Jesus told this parable to warn you. He's not saying that you don't have faith today. He's saying that Jesus might not come back today. And if Jesus delays his return days and weeks and months and years, and during all that time you've been brushing him off, brushing him off, putting him off till next week, will you still have faith when he does come back? Or will your sinful nature have snuffed your faith out? The good news for both foolish and wise Christians is that there is nothing more available in the world than the gospel. No matter how many times we sin, God's supply of forgiveness never runs dry. Jesus gives us his own body and blood in communion over and over. No matter how many times you are reminded of your forgiveness at the Lord's table, again and again, I am forgiven, I am forgiven, I am forgiven. There will still be more of Jesus, and body, Jesus' body and blood for next communion. No matter how many times you return to that same sin that you just can't seem to kick, you can still open God's word and find forgiveness in it. God provides us in our lives with parents and pastors who give us opportunity after opportunity to receive the gospel message that fuels our faith. And there's more good news. A Christian who is preparing for Jesus' return is not like a baseball batter preparing to hit a pitch. Because sometimes, even with a whole life of preparation, the big moment comes for the batter, and he still swings and misses. That is impossible to happen for Christians. Because Christians are preparing themselves with the gospel message. And God has promised that his gospel message is 100% effective. He will strengthen our faith through the gospel. And so as God strengthens our faith more and more, and we become more and more prepared, we get more and more excited for that moment in the future. So don't let your faith fizzle out before that moment. Jesus wants nothing more than to return and to find all of us greeting him with faith in our hearts. Jesus has purchased us
committed himself to us, demonstrated his love for us, and he has promised that he will return. Our bridegroom is coming. He will come unexpectedly. He will come decisively. And for those who are prepared, his return will be unlike any wedding you have ever been to. So be ready for the reception. Hold on to the gospel. Amen.